Free Talk Live, Tuesday edition, hour number one. It is Ian here with you. And Mark, you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That is 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site, we give them away. So enjoy freetalklive.com. We start things out with the calls because it is a show about your calls. Let's go to Eric in Texas on the amplifier line. Hello, Eric. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, going good. What's up? Uh, well, I wanted to take issue with Mark and his uh, PS uh, PlayStation uh, fanboy fetish that he uh, espoused last night. Okay. I don't know if I'd go so far as a fetish, but I, I'm, I'm sold on the product. Well, have you uh, have you looked into the current console war at, at all, Mark? No, I really don't know what's going on. Um, I'm just one of those people that says, I'll buy PlayStation because I've bought PlayStation, and PlayStation's good for me. Yeah, uh, that's what I was afraid of. Uh, let me give you a, a quick rundown. Like, like you guys discussed last night, the, the hardware specs are, are pretty much similar uh, between the 360 and the PlayStation. Uh, the That's not what we read last night. I mean, last night it said it, um, the PlayStation had like nine processors, and the um, the 360 had three or something like that. I mean, maybe it's eight and four, and then the 360 has a slightly better video card. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but the uh, what what's going to happen? I actually posted in the BBS. Somebody did a comparison of the same game on both systems, and what it really boils down to, hardware wise, is the PlayStation has better lighting. And the 360 has better texture handling. So if you want to actually see detail, 360, if you want it to look pretty, uh, PlayStation. Uh, okay. I, I think they're probably, both going to look very pretty. They're both very nice machines. I mean, it really, yeah. it's all about the gameplay, isn't it, Eric? It, it's all about the gameplay. Uh, and PlayStation is more, just more of the same. Um, another problem they're going to have is Microsoft has uh, a huge advantage with online play with Xbox Live, um, and uh, then you come down to... Wait, wait, wait. Uh, PlayStation's not going to have online play? That seems a little shocking it's to me. Going, it's going to have online play, uh, and I, I, it's been very hard for me to find details on it. The way it worked with PlayStation 2 was each game manufacturer had to do their own servers, their own hosting, uh, and they could do whatever they wanted with the online play. I see. Which should be good in theory, but because Microsoft right. put it all in one package, it works so much better. Huh. Um, well, I haven't done, obviously, I haven't done a lot of research on this. I'm not a uh, new game consumer at all. I've still got PlayStation 1 games I'm, I've got to get through. Uh, <laughs> b- but I did spot something on uh, some article last night talking about how PlayStation is going to have an online service that's going to cost uh, nothing compared to Microsoft service, which costs a certain amount of money per month. Really? So that yeah, seems pretty competitive to me. Yeah, it, it, it's been hard to find details on their yeah. online uh, strategy. But here, here's the real kicker. It, it, and it, when it comes to a console system, it always comes down to, like you said, uh, gameplay, but not just gameplay, software in general. And uh, Sony has lost almost all of its, all of its exclusive titles. Uh, Final Fantasy is no longer exclusive. Um, uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto is no longer exclusive. I see what you mean. Uh, so you can get all the same games on both uh, both systems, is what you're saying. Exactly. So why pay twice and, as much? Exactly. And and again, they're going to look the same, uh, or approximately the same. So yeah. is it really worth it? Now, another thing that I think is just going to blow this console war up is the Wii. 
Now, technically, it is an inferior system. Okay. But with the, what they've dubbed the Wii mode, it's control system. It's yeah, we mentioned that, and we got to let you go. The line's kind of breaking up uh, at too much at this point, but thank you, sir. He's talking about the remote control that uh, the, the Nintendo Wii's got this, uh, essentially this wireless remote. Normally, when you buy a video game system, the, the remotes have cords. Well, um, you can get a, a wireless remote for your PlayStation now. Right, but you have to buy it aftermarket, like a third-party sort of an accessory. If and you want two controllers, you have to buy it as aftermarket. And third. I don't think it's it's just wireless in the fact that it's wireless. This is wireless, and you can swing it like a sword. You can swing it like a golf club. I mean, right. there's a tennis racket. Um, it's got a marble in it or something. I don't know how it works, but it's supposed to be very, it's supposed to be very revolutionary. And I, I was a little bit mistaken when I said half the price. I was referring to the Nintendo Wii. The Xbox 360, I guess, is maybe 25 percent less than the than the PlayStation 3. So nonetheless, I mean, it's going to be an interesting uh, another video game war that will continue on into uh, all time. And and companies come and go. You know, back in the 1990s, Sega was hot. And now they don't do anything in regards to hardware. Sega's just a software company these days. So, you know, maybe you predicted sort of Nintendo was on the way out here, Mark. I don't know if that's really the case. I haven't looked at their sales, uh, but it could happen. I haven't seen a machine from them for a long time. Um, the They've had new machines out. There's the Nintendo 64, uh, the Nintendo, what it was, it, the DS, I think they called it, mm. GameCube. GameCube's Nintendo? Yeah, that's a Nintendo. Okay. Yeah. And it's not nearly as good as the rest. Um, I don't know. I, from what I've heard. Anyway, um, there's a lot of people out there that own PlayStations that have PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 games that are going to want to get a PlayStation 3 simply so they can continue to play those old games, too. Oh, that's all? They've got the backwards compatibility as well? I would assume. I mean, yeah, it would it make would be, sense. It'd be dumb if they didn't. That was a great feature that they, that they built into the PlayStation 2. I don't think that was something that had ever been done before in, uh, in video game history. So. I don't know, but I uh, I have several PlayStation 1 games that I still think are great. Medieval is an excellent, excellent uh, game. So you can bring up whatever's on your mind uh, and take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. Uh, there's more Borat news. Oh, God. This is uh, this film. They're just releasing it a little bit at a time so they can keep that, that baby on top. You think so? I don't know. Uh, the, it's an interesting question. Now, apparently, the Romanians are going to sue Borat. Oh, because of the gypsy comments. Well, no, no, no. Actually, they actually used real gypsies to uh, as stand-ins for Kazakhs. Okay. In the beginning portion, in the beginning portion of the movie. Yeah, they sort where, of had that look. Okay. Where you go to Kazakhstan. Right, but and it's not Kazakhstan. It's not really Kazakhstan. It's Borat in some Romanian village. In fact, the uh, village's name is Clod, which means mud, and that's exactly what angry locals are throwing at comedian Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, according to the Associated Press, he used Claude's gypsies as stand-ins for Kazakhs in his runaway hit movie, Borat, Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Now, offended villagers are threatening to sue the film's produ uh, producers for paying them a pittance to put farm animals into their homes and to perform other crude antics. Residents and local officials in the hardscrabble hamlet 85 miles northwest of Bucharest said Tuesday they were horrified and humiliated to learn their abject poverty and simple ways were ridiculed for a movie now raking in millions at box offices worldwide. I think they were horrified by the millions part. Right. They were horrified that they got paid uh, a pittance in comparison to what the movie is making. But they must have thought it was a good deal at the time. Sure, they made some money. they did it. Quote, we thought they came here to help us, not mock us, said Dana Luca, 40, sweeping a Nobody manure. even knows who you are. <laughs> <laughs> sweeping a manure-stained street lined with shabby homes of crumbling brick and corrugated iron sheeting. Quote, we haven't got anything here. We haven't got running water. 
We can't even bathe, she said. We are poor people, but we're still people. Nicolae Stasiu, the leader of the 1670 gypsies, or Roma, who eke out a living in one of the most impoverished corners of Romania, said he and other officials would meet with a public ombudsman, uh, ombudsman on Wednesday to map out a legal strategy against Cohen and Borat, distributor 20th Century Fox. Stasiu accused the producers of paying locals just $3.30 to $5.50 misleading the village into thinking the movie would be a documentary, refusing to sign proper filming contracts, and enticing easily exploited peasants into performing crass acts. Only five villagers have... Why are uh, peasants so easily exploited? I well, guess because they're just... Are because they dumb? they're peasants, of course. I mean, do you, just because you're a peasant, does that mean you're dumb? I don't know about that. Well, I mean, it, it, in all likelihood, you're uneducated, but... Um... You know, the, these, that doesn't mean you're dumb. Here's the thing, though. Um, this is why it's not fair. Is they're doing post-deal negotiations, and post-deal negotiations are never fair. Here's the reason: if they would have um, said to these people, you know, they would these people would have said, "No, the thousand um, dollars you're paying us, or whatever, to, to five dollars and fifty cents. Five dollars and fifty cents yeah. per person. Yeah. Okay. Five fifty you're paying per person." is not enough. You'll have to pay us $550 per person. They would have gone to a different town. Sure. So these people would have never had the chance to file a lawsuit. And, of course, if Borat was an abject failure, you'd never have heard anything from any of these people. Sure. 1-800-259-9231. They should be happy they were involved in something so successful. They should be happy they got their 10 minutes of fame. But there's a little bit more about their complaints and uh, more Borat news, actually, on the way. And your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All of the features are for free, and that includes the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies from around the world have sent us their validated photo, and that means they're proving that they listen to the show. You can see what I mean by going to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine. .freetalklive.com and register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Come and hear a speech by John Stossel entitled Enemies of Liberty. The three-day event is starting on February 23rd to 25th. Uh, early bird discount available now, but for a limited time. So register at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. So we continue to discuss the next group of people that is looking to sue Sasha Baron Cohen, also <laughs> known as Borat, because he had a successful movie, and these people feel like they didn't get paid enough after the fact. See, they went to this uh, Romanian village named Glod and paid the people of the village between $3.30 and $5.50 to appear in this movie. Now, at the time, this must have seemed like a good idea to these poor villagers because they live in abject poverty or close to it, and they took the deal. But now they've got some buyer's remorse. Now they feel like they deserve more. With no heating, uh, let's see, only five villagers have jobs at a nearby sanatorium in a stone quarry, said uh, one of the villagers. The rest weave baskets, grow apples, pears or plums, gather mushrooms in the dense Carpathian mountain forest rising above the town, or raise a few scrawny chickens. With no gas heating or indoor plumbing, most keep warm with wood stoves and drink from wells, horse-drawn uh, horse carts, Far outnumber automobiles on unpaved, badly uh, potholed roads, 
and mangy stray do- mangy stray dogs and mangy mangy, mangy, mangy. Now, now you've got me saying it wrong stray dogs growl and snap at strangers acrid fires smolder in trash piles on the outskirts of the village and children their clothing worn and torn play in yards littered with stumps scrap metal and other bric-a-brac quote these people are poor and they were tricked by people more intelligent than us said one of the villagers they took one of our 75 year old ladies put huge silicone breasts on her and said she was 47. Another man they filmed to look like the poorest person in the world. And one of our men who was missing an arm had a plastic sex toy taped to his stump. <laughs> we are suing because it sounds to me like they had a good time. This sound, I mean, can you imagine living in this s-hole of a village, this poor, this abject poverty, and this film crew comes along, gives you money which you probably don't see very often around here, mm-hmm. and then also allows you to just have a good time and you know get dressed up and get on te- you know get on a, on caught on film. That seems to me like that would be the talk of the town. That seems to me like that would be the most exciting thing to come to Glod in the entire history of Glod. You know what? If I was the if I, I was, was Glod, uh, Glod, G L O D. Okay. If I if I was in this town, uh, I would I would like suggest that the town be renamed Home of Borat, mm. just to simply maybe get some people in there for tourism purposes. I think that's a good idea. Anyway, we're dis we're suing because they were not truthful. Added Stashu, who said he saw parts of Borat and was disgusted. They didn't film reality. We've really had enough of this. Neither Cohen's agent nor the 20th Century Fox offices in L.A. immediately returned phone calls on this. The mood in Glod, meanwhile, was tense and volatile, with crowds of angry, shouting villagers repeatedly gathering around reporters. One man was seen slapping his sister, who had appeared in the film, and slamming the gate to his ramshackle home shut to keep her from being interviewed. At another point, a resident threatened news photographers with a stick, and another pelted their cars with rocks. (laughs) Why? I don't know. They're just angry. There's cameras just like before. Yeah, I guess so. Ridiculous. (laughs) People in the former Soviet Republic of Kazakhstan, where the mustachioed Cohen character, uh, Cohen's character hails from as a TV journalist on an adventure across America, have also decried how they're depicted in the film, whose opening scenes were shot in Glod. Two members of a fraternity at South Carolina University, who appeared making drunken, insulting comments about women, are also suing 20th Century Fox and the production companies. Not everyone in Glod is upset, though. Serenia Luca, 25, excitedly described how she was given $3.30 to bring a pig into her home and let the producers put a toy rifle into the hands of her five-year-old daughter for one scene. I really liked it, she said. We're poor and miserable. Nothing ever happens here. See, she's got the right attitude. Yeah. I, I, you know, it, to me, it seems completely wrong what they're doing, uh, what they're doing by suing after they've gotten the filming done. It, it just, it's not fair. I don't know if they, I mean, do you think they're going to be successful? They live in... Romania. How can you sue 20th Century Fox? I guess they might have an office in Romania. I don't know. Um, in all likelihood, uh, they'll they'll write them all checks for 500 bucks and tell them to shut up. The, the smash. Six, I get, I don't know why would they? Because I mean, this is just bringing the movie more attention. Well, sure. The smash success of Borat. She said just. Rubs, they might be paying them to do it. <laughs> she said uh, he, she, she gave her name only as Irina. Another 23-year-old woman gave her name only as Irina said she felt bewildered and uh, bewildered and dismayed that Glod's poverty was reduced to a parody. The smash success of Borat, she said, just rubbed salt in Glod's collective wounds. I'm wondering how the uh, citizens of uh, Glod imagined that their town wasn't being made fun of when um, you know there was uh, you know 
animals being brought into the homes. And, yeah. Uh, and be- how you could have thought that was a documentary. A guy had, uh, you know, a, a rubber sex toy taped to his arm. Um, it doesn't, it, you know, the one gal got French kissed mm-hmm. there. It was, you know, that doesn't sound to me like a documentary at all. It sounds like comedy. The film remained the uh, the number one weekend draw at U.S. movie theaters for a second week, grossing $28 million, according to the latest figures released Monday. Quote, they made us put a cow in our living room, and they made it defecate and urinate in the house. Everyone's, I didn't see, did that actually happen on film? If you put a cow in the living room, that's what's going, going to happen. happen. Yeah. Uh, everyone's angry because they didn't pay them the way they should have, she said. They're making a lot of money, but they've made us a laughing stock. Well, now we're laughing even harder because... Um, you're so concerned after the fact. You know, maybe you should have been a little more careful. Buyer beware. Caveat emptor. 800-259-9231. You bring up whatever's on your mind. More Borat news on the way, but we're going back to the phones to the fun. Robert in California, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. You were talking about that PlayStation 3. Um, did you uh, did you read the thing, what the Sony Corporation, one of the spokesmen said? No. Uh, no. What's up? Um, o- over 8,000 games. Older, it says right here. Some of the 8,000 older games weren't working properly on PSD, making the wrong sounds or images, and some couldn't be played at all. Ooh, that's no good. He declined to give the number of games that weren't functioning, but he said that the same problem is expected when the game console goes on sale in the U.S. November 17th. About Mm. 16,000 different games have been sold for PlayStation 1 and 2 in North America. So, (laughs) buyer beware. That's bad news, but I would have to say that... um, you know, they have the intention of playing, you know, having the games to be playable on that uh, system, and they'll probably work it out in, in the next revision. Yeah, and the, you know, a version or two down the line. Before I'll still before I would pay um, for one, they'll have it fixed. So early adopters are gonna are gonna have a tough time then. as usual. Possibly, possibly some sort of software download or maybe a chip upgrade. And I, you know, and I don't really feel sorry for those people in Glob because you know what? If you live in a poor place, you either don't have any feet or thumbs, or that way you can't get out of town. You know. Great point. You can always walk. Thank you for the call, Robert. We appreciate that. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Josh in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Uh, Hello. Hey, Josh. Hey, Hey, let's talk about the uh, console war. All right. I think that uh, the Wii is going to do better than the PS3 and the 360 combined. You're going to have to have a reason for that when we come back. So hang on. 800-259-9231. This is a hot topic, Mark. It certainly is. I was just talking about it because it was, you know, the video game wars and... Man, phones are blowing up on it. People care about these video game systems. They know more than I do. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. On the way, more Borat news and a libertarian mm, word I can't say. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231, the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Bring up whatever's on your mind. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All of the features there are totally free, including the archives. An entire year's worth of the show awaits you at freetalklive.com. Right there on the front page of the site, it's all yours for free. Freetalklive.com. Hey, looking for some passionate political talk that doesn't sound like it was written by flax from the Democrats and Republicans? Well, check out Common Sense with Dan Carlin and see why he's popular with Free Talk Live listeners. It's loud, fast, and smart. Get the podcast from iTunes 
or go to dancarlin.com. That's dancarlin.com as we go back to the phones and back to Josh in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Now, you said that uh, you believe that in this upcoming console war that is about to kick off here within a matter of days, I believe the PlayStation 3 scheduled for release on November 17th, so three days out, and then uh, two days later, the Nintendo Wii going to be released at half of the price point as the PlayStation 3. Now, your prediction is that the Nintendo Wii is going to walk away the king of the upcoming video game war, and what do you base that on? Well, they have uh, innovation on their side, I think, because they have two things, and I don't think one's the remote, and number two is the virtual console, which I don't think you guys have talked about. I, I don't know what that is. The virtual console is uh, a new thing they've implemented where once you get the Wii, you can go online on the Wii and you can download uh, the past console's games. Like Really? Yeah, like you can get the, you know, the first Mario game or you can get like huh. N64 games and just download it on your Wii and, you know, play it on your TV. Wow. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's like like their main thing. I think the, they'll probably be pushing that more than the remote. Now I was uh, I was a little bit uh, confused when I was looking at the Wii. I didn't again. I haven't done a huge amount of research, just cursory level on this. But the the remote that they have is a one-handed remote, but they also appear to have a little um, joystick remote as well. Uh, is there two pieces or just one piece to this remote unit? Do you know? Uh, I think I think there's two pieces, but you can like connect them or something. And that's it's called the nunchuck. I think huh. that's what they're calling it. Okay. Okay, very interesting. It's it's very intriguing, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it in operation. You know, at a like a Walmart or an electronic store or something like that. Though I don't know how. I guess they're going to have to somehow tether it to the to the unit because you don't want the kids walking away with the with the remote controls. Yeah, sure and I figure think figure out a way to do that. I think that Sony's uh, like I said on the forum, it shot itself in the foot so many times during their campaign because number one, they had. Like a really bad E3 conference. You know what E3 is? That's yeah. a major electronics uh, convention. I've yes. been to one a few years ago. Yeah, like everybody that went there pretty much hated their conference, and they made a lot of people mad because, like, two weeks before E3, they they pretty much uh, copied Nintendo's remote. Like, they put a bunch of motion sensors in the PS3 remote, and it uh, didn't have that before. Real quick, like, huh? Yeah, and. Like, I don't see what, why that's going to make people mad. I mean, it might make a few fanboys angry uh, at E3, but for the most part, um, people are just looking for fun games to play, and if that helps improve their games, then that's a good move on their part. Yeah, it just seemed to a lot of people like they were trying to copy Nintendo. No, they probably were. Probably. And that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. how it works. People get their designs reverse-engineered and ripped just, off. Yeah, just so you know, Dodge uh, copied Ford. Yeah. <laughs> Any right. other thoughts for us? Uh, yeah. Like, there's two different versions of the system. Which uh, one? There's the $500 one, which is 20 gigabytes, and the $600 one, which is uh, 60 gigabytes. Yeah, I so, was quoting the $600 price point, and I didn't realize that there was going to be a cheaper one at that time. So. I, don't, like, I don't understand why why you would lay down, like, 500 bucks for a lesser version when you can get 40 more gigabytes for just $100. I don't know why you would lay down an extra $100 for another 40 gigabytes. That's, uh, you know, 40 gigabytes of hard drive space doesn't cost squat. Like, why would you want to do that? That seems uh, silly what, to me. What's the point in um, having this hard drive space? What's that do? Uh, like, more uh, save space. Like, when you save your games, and oh. you can put, like, MP3s and stuff on there. 
Okay. I see. In movies. Well, I have a computer for all that stuff. But thank you for the call, man. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You bring up whatever's on your mind. Let's talk to Jason in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. How you been? Jason, doing good. What's up? Great. Hey, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with payday lending. Yeah. Very familiar. Okay. Like, uh, like Amscot, uh, these places where you take your, your paycheck and they essentially front you money on it. That's what you're talking about? Well, it's a it's a way to get an advance on your paycheck. You they they uh, take information about your banking account um, and they put you on a program to repay. Uh, typically, anywhere from a three to five hundred dollar loan, um, and you end up paying usually thousands of dollars because most people don't pay it back within the prescribed period of time. And they don't charge you interest; they charge you uh, fees, and the fees are. Usually, uh, you know, seventy-five to one hundred dollars per, I think it's week or per month or, or whatever the time period is mm-hmm. on on a small dollar amount. So your 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 interest, if you if you looked at it as interest, it's huge. Typically, ends up to be you know hundreds of percentages of of interest on the do- on the money you borrow. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's so, tremendous. I mean, they essentially fleece these people that come in there. But then again, these individuals don't know squat about saving money. They just want to go out and smoke cigarettes and drink beer and uh, you know, go to strip clubs or whatever. And so exactly. they get what they get, you know? I I totally agree. I've never used one, but I'm I'm involved in a program here in Pennsylvania. Um the government has been trying to put the the kibosh to these these payday lenders and trying to pass legislation to to uh, regulate it, and they've done all kinds of regulatory measures that haven't really done any good. As the government always does, uh, mm-hmm. they they do things that are very inefficient, and there's always loopholes for the you know people <laughs> who know how to get around them to get around them. Right, because so, these companies aren't going to do, they aren't going to loan money to these people that would need this kind of money at rates any lower than um, sure than they risky. are, because they're risky people, and and they probably don't get paid back in a lot of instances. Probably right. Actually, the, their default rate, rate is very, very low, okay. um, believe it or not. You mean um, if you pay back, if you're a, a straight-up person? Right. Most people do pay it back, but they take a very, very long time to pay it back, and that's where the inflated costs come in. Right. So that's that's how they, they set up the program is, is you know, to incentivize people to take a long time so, to pay it off. So the government, so, uh, the government do-gooders are stepping in saying, you're taking advantage of people and we should, get, we should get rid of your businesses and just put these people on welfare instead. Exactly. <laughs> but it's been unsuccessful. But there has been a free market solution really? that has now, is, is currently being implemented uh, that is taking care of, of this, this problem. How? It's being done by a credit union association here in the state of Pennsylvania, that now credit unions are going to start offering the exact same service that comes along with credit counseling that um, basically gives them a one-time flat fee of, uh, I think, 40 or $50 to set up this, this payday lending uh, program mm-hmm. and uh, puts them on a scheduled payment plan. And at the end of the program, they end up with an account at the credit union. They end up with Fifty dollars in saving in a savings account that's all put in while they're repaying this loan. I and see. So they're trying to, to convert them. Yeah, it's a re-education plan. They're trying to convert them into responsible people. If, if 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 the promotion is done right, and if they get enough people to to find out about the program, 
in essence, it will put out of business the payday lenders without any kind of governmental regulation. Hmm. I think sure. it's great. Without, I don't know if without, it'll put them out of business, but who would want to put them out of business? I mean, you know, they're they're providing a service to somebody, and there may, you know, somebody may very well need that service. I think it's a bad idea. It seems, you know, well, I've, they're 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 offering the exact same service without the fees, without the they're they're charging an eighteen uh, percent um, interest. But they're not charging all of the inflated fees that are being charged by the payday lenders. I got and you. And that's that's what a, that's what I'm getting at is is you know the government wants to stop this stuff and can't do it. But as soon as you give it to somebody like a private organization who um, you know wants to do good for the community, wants to educate people, who has it in their mission to to uh, you know help its members and to to build. Yeah, they've stepped um, you know, in. They've stepped in, and they've they've, they've offered a, they've offered something awesome. competitive, and I think it's a great idea. And I say good luck to them. And Jason, thank you for filling us in. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the packet eight toll free line. That's one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. On the way here, there's some uh, some bad news about acquittals. You thought that once you go, you think that when you go to court and get acquitted on a charge, that it's over and done with, no double jeopardy and all that. Well, that's so much. We'll get to the details coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We do ask for your vote. If you like the fact that we give you all of the features on our website for free, because considering the other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you five, six, or seven bucks a month for their features. We give it all away. We do ask that you vote for the show in return. Head to vote.freetalklive.com. Cast your vote for Free Talk Live. We're currently ranked at number two in the world. That's the number two podcast out of over 25,000 podcasts. So those of you who have voted, you've made a big difference. In fact, the voting turnout this month has been the best it has been in the past several months and that I can recall. Um, but it's not good enough to get to number one yet. So we still need you if you've yet to do it, to go to vote at vote.freetalklive.com. That's vote.freetalklive.com. We would much appreciate that. All right, so, Mark, let's talk about acquittals, because I always thought that double jeopardy couldn't happen in the United States, where if you were um, acquitted of a crime, accused and then acquitted of a crime, that was it. No more. Um, they can't charge you anymore. You're done. You can't appear in court ever again for that particular crime. That's not exactly. Yeah, you can't. That's that's not exactly je- double jeopardy. What's happening here? Because double jeopardy says you can't be tried twice for the same crime. Here you're getting acquitted, and you're just being uh, sentenced for it. Can you explain? I, this is news to me. Um, from uh, Radley Balco. You can be acquitted and sentenced. Correct. I don't understand. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Most people are still under the quaint assumption. This that- is in America. Yes. Okay. That you can't be punished for a crime for which you've been acquitted. That's you, Ian. Not true. In cases where the defendant is convicted of some of the charges against him but acquitted of others, the state can pursue a sentence that includes punishment for the acquitted charges. Yes. You read that correctly. A uh, a recent decision from a U.S. district court in Virginia is unusually candid in pointing out the absurdity of the practice, which is apparently pretty common. After an 11-day trial, a jury acquitted defendant Michael... Ibanga, of all of the uh, drug distribution charges against him and one of the two money laundering charges against him in the indictment. The single count of which um, the defendant 
Ebanga was uh, convicted typically would result in a guidelines custody range of 51 to 63 months. You're uh, talking about the money laundering charge? Right. However, the United States demanded that the court sentence defendant Ebanga based on the alleged drug dealing for which he was acquitted. This increased the guidelines custody range from 151 to 188 months. So because he was alleged to have been a drug dealer, they didn't have any they didn't have enough evidence to convict the guy. Right, he was because, acquitted of being a drug dealer. Because they had an allegation, because there was a charge at one time that he was a drug dealer, a charge that was acquitted. Well, it, was, it was the same, you know, in the same trial. Wow. Uh, wow. They they can just slap him with an extra uh, 10 extra years. Jail. Ten more years? Essentially, yeah. What could still, um, I'm stunned. What could instill more con- confusion and, and disrespect than uh, finding out that you will be sentenced to an extra ten years in prison for the alleged crimes of which you were acquitted? The law would have gone from something venerable and respectable to a farce and a sham. From the public's perspective, most people would be shocked to find out that even that even I haven't United respected States citizens, the law for a long, long time. Even United States citizens can be and routinely are punished for crimes of which they were not of which they are acquitted. The opinion itself is refre- of refre- refreshingly abrupt and scathing, and seems to have come from the pen of a pretty fed-up judge. It includes a history of the right to a jury trial, and quotes from Dickens. Wait a minute, I don't understand. The, well, the judge is fed up. That's why he no, gave no, this guy um, ten years. I, from what I understand, the um, uh, this district court saw the resaw the case where he was um, sentenced for ten years, and it, apparently it happens all the time, according to um, Bradley Belko. So it was appealed. Yes. And the did did the judge overturn it? It's it 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 appears that way. I don't have a lot of research on it. That's just what they um you know oh what he gosh. alleges there. As Cato's he's temp- just saying this happens a lot. Yeah. Wow. And you know he's showing it. I don't know anything about criminal um, proceedings. I this this could happen every day as mm-hmm. far as I know. As Cato's Tim Lynch explains, extra jail time for acquitting charges both encourages prosecutors to overcharge defendants and encourages defendants to accept plea bargains, knowing that their trial could well be um, they could be sentenced for crimes they didn't commit. Oh my gosh! If you're wondering if all of this is a violation of the Sixth Amendment, well, the Sixth Amendment means um, it, if the Sixth Amendment means anything at all, it most certainly is. But we're talking mostly about drug crimes here, and the Bill of Rights doesn't really apply doesn't to apply. them. Doesn't apply. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, I'm going to post this on the website so that people can uh, oh on the BBS gosh. so people can take a look at it. It's a little confusing to me in the wording of it, but he alleges this happens all the time, and it seems disturbing to me. A nation of laws, huh? There's a nation that doesn't even follow its own laws. It's a nation that has a judicial system that just and an executive branch and a legislative branch that just makes it up as they go along. Amendment six, since it was referenced for your um informational purposes in all criminal prosecutions the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial an impartial jury by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed which district shall not have been previously ascertained by law and to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation to be confronted with the witnesses against him to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense i don't know i don't see anything in there about the actual sentencing i'm not sure well it's it's crazy that you would be sentenced for a crime that you were acquitted of it just doesn't make any sense and i think that uh, people would i think this is more of an amendment eight thing excessive bail shall not be required nor excessive fines imposed nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted i would say that's a cruel and unusual punishment to sentence a man or woman for a crime that they've been acquitted of that they the government didn't have enough information to convict them 
they're innocent. They've been proven innocent. They have not been proven guilty, and therefore they are innocent. But according, apparently that doesn't matter anymore. Apparently if the judge feels like you did the crime, as long as you've been com- uh, convicted on one crime, then he'll just increase your punishment, which is insanity. Yeah. Um, which just means that we really need to get the message of the Fully Informed Jury Association out there to as many people as possible and have uh, juror, jurors start overturning uh, overturning cases, well, overturning law. This um, this doesn't really have anything to do with that either because... If the jury had uh, had not convicted him on anything, then he would have been okay, right? Right. But they convicted him for something because they felt he did something, I right. would assume. Well, now we're just going to have to start letting people out. If you, if you can't convict him of one thing, you're just going to have to just let him off entire, entirely. Well, money laundering is a charge that bothers me anyway. That's because, a drug war crime. Yeah, it's a drug war crime. Right. Um, it really doesn't have anything to do with... You know, the government doesn't get to watch where your money goes. What the heck is the government's business of watching where your money well, goes? Well, it's their money. It's the Federal Reserve's money, so That's I guess you can make it. that claim. No, you can't. It's my money. I own it. They printed it. But they allowed you to have it. No. It says who? They put it out there, and they allow so people to have it. I bought it. It's mine. Yeah, I agree I with earned you. it. I'm just, there's, they have no claim whatever on it. I'm just grasping at straws here. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I, I used to own a uh, 3 Series BMW. Should I go and now take it back from the guy because I say it's mine? Maybe they maybe they're claiming that if you put money into a bank or something like that, then you're agreeing to their money laundering laws, and therefore they can charge you with whatever they want. I'm they, sure there's some sort of law. They say all kinds on. of crap, but oh, sure. uh, that doesn't make it right. Yeah. Well, you know, this just gives me one more reason to completely disrespect and despise the law. Like, I don't have any use for uh, government laws anymore, really. I mean, murder and rape and all of that, I, I'm still behind enforcing those laws, but otherwise, um, yeah. Common law sort the of laws of I'm for. I, yeah. I don't know about all these newfangled ones. Crap. Um, th- you know, the drug war just causes the Constitution to be torn to pieces, and no one seems to care. We care. Yeah, we do. Uh, some of our listeners care. But for the most part, I think you're right. Uh, most people don't. In fact, we had – I was talking with this uh, this lady on a New Hampshire radio station last week, and she insisted – and she actually called the show on Saturday night. She insisted that the war on drugs wasn't an important issue. You know, And, and I just – I totally disagree. It's the war on drugs that is allowing these, this bastardization of the rule of law. This war on drugs is allowing uh, police to search people's vehicles and homes and persons without any real reason to throw people in jail for putting a plant inside their body uh, for ingesting specific chemicals. I would absolutely absurd. I would agree with her in a way like drugs don't and it doesn't interest me whether or not drugs are legal. What interests me a great deal is. All the bad things that have happened to the Constitution, to our laws, to our freedoms, based on the war we have on these drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, and the only way to handle that is to make the drugs legal. Also, there's the periphery aspect of me being in danger from the drugs being illegal because people because they drive up it drives up the prices of the drugs and therefore people have to commit crimes. Right. These feel are, they have to commit crimes. These are the things to, we have to get people to care about. Because they don't, maybe they don't just don't see it on the surface. They sure. don't realize that these are the unintended consequences of a war on drugs. But that's what we have to we have to bring those consequences to them, clear as day, crystal clear, so they absolutely understand that it's the government that's the cause of these problems, not the drugs, not the drug users. They're just people that are victims of the government laws. 
1-800-259-9231. They put themselves in that victimhood. Um, those people, you're, you're taking uh, away their power in that circumstance. I feel those people... Uh, if I get pulled over by the cops, that is not something that's within my purview and my power. No, if they but... search my vehicle and destroy my life, my life because of their silly laws, wasn't my fault. More on the way, your show, Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231 is the packet 8 toll-free line for you to take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site, we give them away. FreeTalkLive.com. So enjoy that. And let's see. Coming up here this hour, Mark, I have uh, a blog post by what I can only describe as a uh, libertarian see you next Tuesday. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm going to read this, and I'm going to see if you agree with me on this. You may totally disagree with me on this. Uh, We're going to get into her details on her dating tips. Apparently, she's looking for a man. Okay. And she believes that she is very worthy. We're gonna we'll t- we'll get into it. But first, to the phones, to the fun. Also, more Borat news on the way. Let's talk to Paul in Maryland, though, because this is the show about your calls. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Hey, what's sure. up? What's on your hey, mind? Uh, you guys were uh, over the last few days talking about a standing army, and uh, and I apologize for not got, getting in until just till now. Okay. Um, I have in my possession a 2,444 page document on the Constitution that is put out by the prepared by the Congressional Research Service of the Library of Congress and printed by the United States Government Printing Office. So to put the rest, uh, he, he, you know, he said, he said, she said, or my opinion, your opinion, mm-hmm. let's read what the government has to say. It's just one little paragraph okay. in this, 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 this thousand-page I mean, thousand document. Got it. And it says, time limit on appropriation for an army. Prompted by the fear of standing armies by the founding fathers, the framers inserted the limitation that, quote, no appropriation for money to that use shall be longer than a term of two years, end quote. In 1904, the question arose whether this provision would, would violate, would be violated if the government contracted to pay a royalty for the use of a patent in constructing guns and other equipment where the payments are likely to continue for more than two years. Solicitor General Hoyt ruled that the, that such a contract would would be lawful, that the appropriations limited by the Constitution quote are those only which are to raise and support armies in the strict sense of the word quote support, and that the the uh, and that the inhibition of that clause does not extend to the appropriations for the various means which an army may use military. In military operations, can you translate all that? I, yeah. uh, I have a so, hard so, time with legalese. So, in layman's terms, what it's saying here is that when it comes to equipment, guns, ammunition, uh, um, ammunitions, tanks, aircraft, missiles, whatever it may be, does not fall underneath that clause. But when it comes to the standing army itself, meaning food, salary, housing, all that other stuff, falls under that clause. So, how do they get around it? They ignore it, and we allow it. <laughs> right. Well, I'd say that's what's going on. But wait, um, isn't it the case, though, that they just reappropriate money every two years? They just continue to reappropriate money? Isn't that how they get around it? Yes. But I'm, I'm also a former Marine. I was in the military as well. But mm-hmm. the Marine Corps falls under the Navy. 
So it, but a lot of people don't understand that Air Force falls under the Army. Hmm, right. That's, that's originally where it came from. It's the Air Corps at that point, right? That's correct. So the, the, the Air Force and the Army, and we think about it, in common sense, if we don't have the ability to maintain this equipment or provide for it when we do need to call, call for this Army, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, you know, the equipment itself. I, I, I'm, I'm with what they're saying there. I think that you should have equipment um, in ready for either militias or the army or that kind of thing. I think that we're just um, going against the spirit of the Constitution, which, to me, clearly, it was, pre- it was pretty clear that we shouldn't have a standing army. Not that um, you know, we should the money going here and there and everything. That they really didn't want a standing army. And they That's were correct. Of it. In their own document states this in, in clear language, yep. that it, in, unless it has to do with, if, if it deals with food, salary, and housing, and shelter, basically, and clothing, and all that stuff for the standing army, that's not allowed. And if it's past two years, that's it. So do you, think go. That, do you think that a lot of Marines and Navy people would agree with this, and just so they could get rid of the, uh, the army, or is, are you just an unusual case? Um, I'd... I'd I, I can't answer that question because I can't speak for other other people that I haven't talked to. I don't think most people know anything ab- about this provision of the Constitution. I don't think they've ever thought about it. And when they see it, they just say, "Oh, well, the government just doesn't appropriate every two years." Well, I, think that's- I was studying law, and then you know, toward 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 my end of my my tour, and I, I you know, I came across this with my my law professor, and he said, "That's the reason why I'm no longer in the military." And I said, "That's the reason why you're no longer in the military is because of this clause." He said, "Yeah." I said, "That's it. I'm not reenlisting." Wow, awesome. Paul, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Apparently he gets it. 1-800-259-9231. It's not hard to get. It's simple. And uh, there you go. So, libertarian, a libertarian lady, of which there aren't very many, and this is part of the problem. There's, there's, there's two parts of the problem here that we're going to be discussing here momentarily. One part is the fact that there aren't very many libertarian women. The second part is that libertarian guys are pathetic and desperate, and they empower women like this. Allow me to share. From Jacqueline Mackie Paisley Passy. You know you've got trouble when the uh, when she's got three uh, four names. Jacqueline Mackie Paisley Passy, from but, her blog. You know, usually if you have four names, it's Catholic, and I, I don't hear St. Paisley I'm not familiar with. No, there's actually a, an, an entry on her blog where she talks about how uh, in her first divorce or something like that, she actually just decided to add another name to herself. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, here is uh, her dating tip. Quality dates quality from her blog. Over the past month since I left Terrence, I've received several <laughs> offers of dates and relationships from various men who read this blog. I'm not looking for a new boyfriend right now, but it seems I should clarify what it is I look for in a man when I am, which hopefully will, uh, which will hopefully stem the flow of offers from guys who don't really have it. The flow. I mean, she's just getting pounded, I guess. I am a very high-quality woman. I know that sounds arrogant, but let's consider the facts. I'm slim, whereas 62% of American women aged 20 to 74 are overweight. Well, you're taking a big segment of the population there. Um, Yeah, the the higher you go up in age, the more likely women (laughs) are to gain weight. That's not really fair. I'm attractive. My new picture has been rated more attractive than 86% of the women on Hot or Not. Well, then me too. And the women who upload their pictures are a self-selected sample that's probably biased towards being more attractive than the general female population. 
Well, I don't know if they're necessarily self-selected. You can put anybody's picture up there. I'm relatively young, whereas 82% of American adult women are over 30 years old. I'm intelligent. Yes, but uh, you're still going to be dating people you're contemporary. I don't understand. I'm, re- I'm intelligent. IQ tested at 145 when I was a child, which is three standard de- uh, deviations above the mean, higher than 99.85% of the population. Well, let's see your Mensa card then. Even if I've gotten dumber as I've aged, I'm probably still at least a 130, which is, a, is higher than 97.5% of the population. I'm educated. But here's the thing is you're, you're looking at these statistics, and an IQ, different IQ exams have different numbers for what they consider high and low. 140 is going to be high, whether it's going to be above average, um, whether it's going to be you know, genius. It really depends, though, on the test. Nonetheless, I mean, though, Mike, she's rated, a high-quality woman. I've been rated somewhere between above superior and 165. I know that the, the test that I took got the 165 on was nothing but um, analogies, yeah. picture analogies. Come on. I ha- I'm educated, whereas 77% of American women do not have a bachelor's degree. I have my financial S together. No debt, perfect credit history. Nice. Six-plus months living expenses saved, adequate insurance, self-employed. I have a strong libido and love having sex. My lover never has to beg unless it's for me to let him get some sleep. Oh most, most of my interests tend to Dear. be more popular with men than women. Science fiction, libertarianism, blogging, politics, economics, guns, gambling, etc. Mm. So she's um, advertising herself as a, you know, like a libertarian But she's not looking for a boyfriend. Right, right. Of course not. Um, she's advertising herself as a – she's just trying to stem the flow of potential right. suitors. Okay. Uh, advertising herself as a libertarian man's wet dream, right? Uh-huh. Because – I haven't heard anything about smoking or drinking, by the way. Generally, that's thrown in there somewhere. No, I haven't either. Okay. Um, but let's go on. Give, this is more from Jack. Jacqueline Mackey Paisley Passy. <laughs> Given that self-improvement is an ongoing project of mine, this list will continue to grow. I'm currently working on adding bilingual, very physically fit, well-traveled, higher income, and fantastic cook to the list. And we'll continue. There's more about uh, why she's so qualified to be your girlfriend, if, of course, you are qualified enough to be her boyfriend. Um, and we'll talk about the problem that has led to this whole situation in the first place. i got to see this woman's picture. On the way, we'll do that as well. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. For all of your voiceover IP needs, packet8.net is the place to go. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and get signed up for the updates whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first if you're on the updates list, updates.freetalklive.com to get you signed up. That's updates.freetalklive.com. We're reading a blog post from Jacqueline Mackie Paisley Passy. Yes, she's got four names, which means she's twice as special as you are. (laughs) Well... You know, over the break, I, I was looking at uh, the pictures that uh, Miss Paisley Passy... Mackie Paisley Passy. Get it right. I'm not sure which what, what part to include there. Um, it has, and, you know, she described herself as uh, better looking than... 86% of the women on Hot or Not. 86% of the women on mm-hmm. Hot or Not, and the, the percentage should be higher than because that's a self-selected uh, sample. Yeah. And you know, if I was, if I read that, and then this was my blind date, and I showed up, and then there she was at dinner, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be disappointed. 
Like mm. that's just that's the way I see it. That, that I feel about it. You know, it's a it's a heck of a force um, forehead that she's got there. And well, you know, I'm, she's she's got a big brain. That's, that's true. She does have a big brain. She may be smarter than me. Yeah. Well, um, she, apparently she is. Uh, she's very smart. She's very. Wait, uh, wait, wait! I've got competitive uh, IQ scores to that. Okay. Well, anyway, she's young. She she goes down her list uh, of of attributes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's young, slim, smart. Got her financial s together, as she puts it, and she likes to have sex. At the same time, she's also a geek. She likes geeky stuff, which mm-hmm. you know a lot of guys they would. I mean, this this is the this is a dream girl for a lot of guys, especially libertarian guys, considering she's also a libertarian. Mm-hmm. And so she realizes she's in high demand, or at least she claims she is. And so it's kind of this is why she has this attitude because she is in high demand because these libertarian guys are drooling over no, her. No, there's there's lots it, of women that are in high demand around the world that don't have an attitude like this. This is an attitude, and no. This this is completely separate from not completely separate but somewhat separate from um, the fact that she is in demand. I don't know, man. I think that because she gets uh, she, if if what she claims is true and that she's getting these potential suitors constantly emailing her, can you? I could see how that could inflate her ego quite a bit. Okay. Anyway, she's going on to talk about why uh, what she's looking for in a man. Uh, so we've gone through her personal attributes. This is her blog post uh, from. Uh, well, we'll link to it on our bulletin board system so you can see it for yourself. And you can see her picture. Her glam shot. You can email. And it's a nice glam shot. She looks and her regular picture. Yeah, she looks pretty good in that glam shot. Um, yeah, you can email her and uh, perhaps you can be a suitor too. She says, given that self-improvement is an ongoing project of mine, this list will continue to grow. So even when relatively young, an important criteria for most men, drops off that list... I should have added enough other things that my overall dating market value should remain the same or even improve. Mm. The above list explains why I typically receive 50 to 100, sometimes more, responses whenever I post personal ads. This is in addition to getting hit on almost every time I go out alone. And by the way, I love uh, some of the responses that she gets in her comments. Some uh, One guy said, look, uh, baby, um, if you've got a pulse... And you're a woman, you're going to get hit on when you go out alone. Well, I don't even know, I understood where he's coming from, but, you know, what qualifies as hit on? I've, I've heard women um, say that they were getting hit on. And as a matter of fact, I was walking through the mall in San Francisco one time with my two cousins, one male, one female. And mm-hmm. the female cousin is a rather good looking um, gal. And she, a couple of dudes walked by. Um, I didn't really notice them. And uh, she said to the two of us, uh, you know, my dorky cousin and myself, and not that I wasn't a dork, I certainly was. Mm-hmm. She said, those two guys were looking at me. And I said, Sheila, this this is San Francisco. They were looking at me. <laughs> nice. Uh, so anyway, uh, so she says, I have a lot of choices of men who want to date me. Given that, of course, I choose to date only the highest quality men. Men who are also fit, attractive, intelligent, educated, financially successful, etc., I'm attracted to men from any race in a wide range, 21 to 50 or so. So the pool of men who meet those, uh, these requirements is quite large, which allows me to add all sorts of additional restrictions if I want. Must be an atheist, must be a libertarian, must not want more children, must not be well, financially independent. I'm in trouble there because I'm not an atheist, so I'm out of the running. Yeah, out. You know, I didn't... I wasn't really looking forward to it anyway. I wasn't going to leave my uh, uh, liberal Democrat wife over uh, this, this uh, libertarian anyway. Well, you're out anyway because of the final, uh, the final qualifier. Must be financially independent or self-employed and available for frequent world travel. Yes, I'm not. 
Some people the scoffed, radio show to do. Sorry. Some people scoffed at the long list of requirements in my personal ad last year. Yet in less than two weeks, I found five men who met my listed requirements and wanted a relationship with me. If I were to put in more time and effort into looking, I could probably find hundreds of high-quality men. Good who, lord! Who both met my standards and were interested in dating me too. I'm sure she could. She's advertising I well. Can be picky. So, although I'm not looking for a new boyfriend right now, I'm waiting till October, after I've decided where I want to live. Those are the factors that I and many other women keep in mind when assessing potential romantic relationships. Just having some interests in common isn't far, is far from enough. Now, I find it, of course, interesting that she has so many suitors and such a a large amount of high-quality men to choose from, but yet she continues to be single. I mean, you really must be... She was in the relationship for a year, right? Yeah. yeah, that's long enough to decide whether or not you want to date some, you know, w- spend the life with somebody. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I he don't, probably I don't. decided that she was a uh, stuck-up. See you next Tuesday, and got rid of her. Well, maybe he did. He's. Uh, she says, I realize that some of you will find this post depressing because you'll realize <laughs> you don't qualify as a high-quality oh, man, and thus won't be able to get a high-quality woman. I don't have any problem with what she's asking for and what she expects. I have a problem with her presentation. What do you mean? Well, she's just presenting, you know, besides the the uh, snooty uh, accent that you're putting on her, just the words she's saying are uncalled for. I realize that some of you may be depressed because you realize that you aren't qualified to date. You are a sniveling trog. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's I, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just not nice. All right, let's go on. And uh, because she's not nice, I don't feel bad about not being nice to right. her. And there's an extra reason why I don't feel bad about doing, of trashing her on this on this radio show. Because the first time I found out about Jacqueline Mackie Paisley Passy was when she withdrew her uh, membership from the Free State Project. Okay. Yeah. And why did she do that? Uh, because apparently she was one of the few people who believed that the Free State Project was supposed to fold at the end of 2006 if it didn't uh, reach 20,000 members by then. Why did so, somebody believe that? Was, uh, that ori- was that like an original criteria that they was, dropped? Ori- I think, they- yeah, there was something out there. There, was, I don't even really remember. I think they did change it a- along the way somewhere. So she's essentially said um, F you to the Free State Project. So there's just one, one less reason to, uh, to care about her. Anyway, she says, here's uh, the few options for you low-quality men. Number one, lower your... Is that what she said? No, she says that I realize some of you will find this post depressing because you don't qualify as a high-quality man, which is essentially saying, if you're a low-quality man, man, here are your options. Number one, lower your standards and stop pursuing women who are out of your league. No, that's wrong. Always pursue people out of your league because you never know when you're going to get lucky. But then she's just going to get more emails, Mark. So she's I re- trying really... to stem the flow of potential suitors. I'm not really interested. If she's, why is she blogging? If she doesn't want it. <laughs> That's just it. She loves the attention. She eats it up. These pathetic libertarian guys that'll do anything to get their hands on a libertarian woman that fits their qualifications are just all over this woman. And she eats up the attention. She blogs because people read and po- read her blog and post on it. Oh, they and sure s- will on this and, one. And drool over her. 800-259-9231. More with Jacqueline Mackie Paisley Passy. Coming up, this is your show, Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231, Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams. There's a broadband version of the show there for you, and a dial-up version as well, both totally free, at freetalklive.com. And you need to know that Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project's first 1,000 pledge. Are you just going to talk about freedom, or are you going to start living it now? Learn how the first 1,000 pledge can make it happen today at freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. As we return to the blog post of Jacqueline Mackie Paisley Passy. Yes, she has four names, so she's twice as good as you are. In fact, she believes that she's pretty much better than um, most other people in the world. She outlines... She, she gives the statistics. Right. She uh, has done research on the statistics. She outlines her attributes, the fact that she's intelligent, educated, young, attractive, slim, likes to have sex, and she's a geek as well on top of all that, uh, and a libertarian. She doesn't use the term geek. Uh, and, yes, she does. Actually, no, she the, uh, th- the title of the blog is The Life Travels and Thoughts of an Atheist, Libertarian, Feminist, Geek Girl. Mm. So then... She is a uh, libertarian, which means that she gets an undue amount of attention from desperate libertarian men all around America. Because, fact is, there are more libertarian men than there are libertarian women. I would say by a good stretch. Yeah, and I'm gonna, we're going to get to analyzing more of this uh, difference between libertarian men and women and why uh, you men are empowering women like Jacqueline Maisie, Massey, Massey, Paisley, Passy. Uh, but first, we continue with her suggestions for you if you uh, don't fit her qualifications as a so-called high-quality man. So basically, to be a high-quality man, you have to be the same as you know, same as her, young, intelligent, educated. Although she does say she'll accept suitors up to the age of uh, early fifties. Okay. So I guess the age isn't really that much of a factor, but intelligent, educated, financially sound, all of that. She says, here's some tips for those of you that aren't so high quality. Number one, lower your standards and stop pursuing women who are out of your league. There are lots of fat single mothers out there who can't find dates either. Number two, look in the developing world. If you're literate with a home computer and internet connection, and you are very wealthy compared to the rest of the world, citizenship or legal permanent residency in a rich country makes you more attractive to women in poorer countries. Your value on the dating market is thus much higher there. You know what? I actually agree with that one. I, w- I would agree with that, too. Uh, because and if you go over if to... the one you get will not have the attitude this one has. That was my point exactly. Uh, a lot of the women in other countries, uh, like, for instance, Russian brides, uh, there's brides from all over the world that are looking to get out of their hellhole countries that they live in and uh, and move to America. And a lot of There's a lot of scams that go on with these services that hook you up with these women. But if indeed you can somehow find a legitimate connection to women in other countries, you'll find that they aren't stuck up CNX Tuesdays like Jacqueline Maisie Paisley Passy is. Well, I wouldn't say that uh, you should necessarily count on your your Russian bride wanting to stay home and uh, take care of you take care of the house while you go out and work or anything like that. A I didn't of, suggest that. A friend of mine actually did this, and uh, really, yeah, you know, things didn't really work out. Really, what she wanted to be was in America. That's true. And um, they'll use you in order to, to do that. But there is a chance. He, he married her, as a matter of fact, and oh, yeah. um, didn't get a lot of the marriage benefits that uh, mm. one might have uh, expected. Well, number three, she says self-improvement. There's still the chance, though, that you could find someone who would really appreciate sure. you. Sure. 
Anyway, self-improvement. I used to be a fat, unattractive college dropout who couldn't get her life together. Now I'm thin, attractive, and successfully self-employed after graduating. Good for her. You can make yourself over into a higher-quality man, capable of winning a higher-quality woman, too. See, you win the, the higher-quality woman. It's a, it's a contest, Mark. Thanks to okay. everyone. Thanks to everyone who emailed or commented their offers. It's nice to feel wanted, I bet. She feels that every day when people comment on her blog. People care about Jacqueline Maisley Passy Passy. Paisley Passy. <laughs> JMPP. Although I'm not looking for a new relationship right now. She's mentioned that at least twice so far in the article, this, that being the third time. Right, no, October. Don't worry, I'll blog about it when I am. When she's accepting applications, she'll let you know. Hopefully this post gave some of you who are interested a better idea of your chances in the future. Update. Some people seem to think this post is a bit harsh and or arrogant. I'm sorry I've offended you, but I'm also really sick of getting emailed several times a week by delusionally hopeful men who read my blog and then think and think because I'm their dream girl that I'll want them too. This, all you have to do is respond to those people nicely and say, thank you for the compliments. I'm not interested. Too often, they act crushed. You don't crushed have to be when, mean to people. They act crushed when I reject them, which I feel bad reject about. Reject nicely. But if they had stopped to consider whether they had as much to offer as me, as I have to offer them, then they might have had some more realistic expectations. Oh, my God. Since becoming single again, the amount of time I've had to spend on hopeful fanboy stalker management has been steadily increasing. It's uncomfortable, a little creepy, somewhat overwhelming, and I want it to stop. I'm hoping this post will serve as a reality check for the guys involved, as well as any who are thinking about joining their ranks, because I don't want to have to stop being friends or friendly with the single geeky guys I meet via this blog. I'll be friendly with you, but just remember that I think you're a low-quality man. Well, I, I think that's a little unfair, right? That's what she's saying. It, not exactly. Um, you know... Be friendly with – I'm friendly with lots of people that I don't want to be in a relationship mm -hmm. with. I mean, that's sort of the way things are. But, um, you know, she just doesn't know how to – doesn't understand human relations, and she's coming off very, very arrogant. Also, before anyone feels bad that I felt harassed – that, that I felt – oh, that I felt harassed by their attention, I want to clarify that it wasn't any one person's behavior that has made me feel, uh, feel this uncomfortable. Rather, it's the cumulative effect of being simultaneously, aggressively pursued by several men who I don't have reciprocal feelings for. Most of you probably didn't realize that you weren't the only one hitting on me over the past few weeks. But now you do, and I need you all to cool it. Oh, my God. I do still want to spend time with friends as friends over the next few weeks, but I am not in the market for a new boyfriend right now. So... That's the blog post from Jacqueline Macy, Paisley Passy. She's not in the market for a boyfriend right now. A woman, October. A woman, well, yeah, this was written back, Sometime in, back in August. But I thought it was important to point out, um, number one, because she left the Free State Project, which just means that uh, she's you more just likely like to, her. to tar I'm, it's easier to target her. And secondly, because I've never read anything quite like that. Um, it's really something. Yeah, she's really got quite an attitude. And it's amazing to me that... That there are still, if what she says is true, and we're taking her at her word, face value, if she is getting indeed this large amount of suitors or men, and I'm sure, and I believe her on this, because I know how desperate some libertarian guys are. I mean, let's be honest, it's tough to find libertarian women. I don't see why you necessarily have to have a libertarian woman. Exactly. 
It's the men who are uh, approaching women like Jacqueline Passy who are empowering her to be a CU next Tuesday. And to give her, you're giving her the ability to have this attitude. Because if she didn't feel like she was so pursued and in demand by guys like you, then she wouldn't be posting this way. She would have, hopefully, have her ego in check. So I think the men, libertarian men, are are almost as much to blame for her attitude as she is, well, simply for simply for falling all over her. And I agree with you, Mark, that uh, libertarian men should be considering women of any sort because you can. Persuade them. Well, you, go get a liberal chick. They're crazy in bed too, and maybe they'll be open-minded enough to listen to what you have to say. I don't know that that's necessarily too, true about liberal chicks, but what I would say is that somebody who has passionate political beliefs is unusual, no matter what their passionate political mm-hmm. beliefs are. Um, so most people don't really care that much. It's not that big of a deal. So when you are with that person on a regular basis and you talk about your passionate political beliefs. I'm not saying try, even try to convince them. I don't try to convince my wife of anything. Yeah. But when we have discussions, I make my points in regards to things, and libertarian points are extraordinarily persuasive. Sure. They, they, they're difficult to argue. That's why this show's had some success with uh, you know, us not having that great, deal, that great deal of experience in radio. Yeah, or education. <laughs> so, I, I've got plenty of radio experience. You do. Coming yeah. up on a decade. Yeah. And now we got Ozzy Osbourne coming to you. It's a crazy <laughs> trade, baby. <laughs> so, um, you know, it doesn't matter. Most people don't care about politics one whit. Just... You know, just a regular gal, and, you know, slowly they'll come around. Sure. They may not come around as extreme as you are, but they'll come around. Right, and you'll get a feel for um, how open-minded they are in the dating process, right? You know, when you sort of touch on some of these issues over time, you'll figure out whether or not the woman you're looking into is a totally closed-minded individual or whether she's open to a potential change. Whereas if you just jump right in with a pre-set libertarian like this woman, she's got an awful lot of expectations uh, to place on you. More on the way. Your thoughts at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airway. 800-259-9231. That is the Packet8.net toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site, we give it away. Uh, we don't allow you to post personal ads, unfortunately, but I suppose you could do that if you wanted to on the on the bulletin board. <laughs> I think that you might get some really crazy responses on our BBS. But yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go for it. Um, so, yeah, all of it's free. You can help support the show, though, by buying some stuff at the store. Go to store.freetalklive.com and order yourself some Free Talk Live branded merchandise like t- uh, T-shirts. There's also a really cool bowling shirt as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, free Talk Live, a variety of Free Talk Live hats, not just one style of hat. All these things will make you much more attractive to the opposite sex. <laughs> Yes, uh, and uh, they're very nice, from what I'm told. I've yet to actually handle them myself, but that will be happening soon, as uh, as I'll probably be getting my, my products about the same time as everybody else is. That's right. Order your hats so you can get handled, too. Because I ordered a flag, um, and the flags are taking a little while a little while to manufacture, mm-hmm. so those of you who ordered the flags, please be patient. Um, your orders will be fulfilled last, but uh, hopefully it will be worth the wait. Um, store.freetalklive.com. Head over there. Buy some stuff. Oh. And don't forget to buy stuff at Amazon. Go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com for everything else you might possibly ever need to buy in the entire world. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, because if you shop there, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of anything you purchase. Once again, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. So just some final thoughts on the blog of Jacqueline Mackie Paisley Passy. She's a libertarian uh, geek girl, as she describes herself. And she apparently has come to believe that she is quite a catch. 
She's uh, outlining in a very extended blog post that we just finished reading a few moments ago, outlining her various attributes, her qualities. Of, of which they are many. Uh, the And the things that she is looking for in a man, even though she is has, um, quick to point out that she's not actually accepting applications for potential suitors right now. This woman has had her ego exploded by uh, the apparently large amount of desperate libertarian men that there are out there. All she had to do, before she started this blog, she was just another chick, right? Right. And then she started this blog, word got out that there's actually a libertarian female who's posting on the Internet, uh, and uh, then apparently the blog, I guess, got, uh, got popular as a result of that, and now there's a bunch of obsessive, obsessive guys drooling all over this person but is jacqueline mackie maisley pa mackie paisley passy is she really a catch or is she just a hassle she just a handful of a, a girl who's full of herself i mean do do you want to deal with this attitude do I guess you want to deal with a relationship with somebody like this that would be up to the guy to make a decision is she really that worth it she doesn't seem like it to me. Doesn't seem like it to me either. But maybe we're wrong about this. Maybe we're missing something here. And if you want to uh, fill me in, 1-800-259-9231. Otherwise, we got to go to the phones to the fun. You take control of the airwaves. Let's talk to Mark in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Mark. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. What's on your mind? Uh, yeah, well, you know, I'd never even heard of her. And, uh, you know, I've called myself a libertarian, more of a Rothbardian. I think that's uh, I think probably the more appropriate term. But after listening to you guys, I went to her blog, and I tell you, I didn't find her to be all that appealing. In fact, I can't even really figure out what's all that libertarian about her. Uh, I think that maybe she fits in well with this neo-libertarian movement. But that you know, that's why I'm going to stop using the word libertarian to describe myself. I notice there's a lot of people who really don't even understand what libertarianism is, but they have some special interest cause, you know, abortion or you know, smoking marijuana or whatever, and I'm not saying that uh, marijuana should be illegal or anything, but, yeah, they conflate libertarianism with specific acts, you know, rather than really understanding uh, the, the rights of man. So uh, when, you say she, when you say she is not a uh, libertarian or a, a neo-libertarian, as you put it, uh, you mean that she doesn't understand the libertarian principle, or what, uh, what evidence do you have to back that? Yeah, well, well, that, I mean, I just go to her website, you don't see much for this, but, you know, I think a, a quintessential example of the direction that the uh, so-called you know, mainstream libertarian movement has gone in over the last uh, few decades, uh, you know, trying to uh, become more popular and you know appeal to uh, the center. Uh, I don't know if you, you guys noticed this, but yeah, I kind of had a chuckle. It was pretty sad. Yeah, I went to uh, before the elections. By the way, I'm proud to say I did not vote. Okay, uh, but uh, I went to the Libertarian Party's website, and uh, on their front page, uh, they had a list of candidates. And, of mm -hmm. course, they were going by what they call this candidate tracker score, and that's how uh, the higher the score, the higher up on the page they'd be. And right, they were ranking the candidates based on a variety of factors as far as who's got the biggest budget, who's getting the most yeah, press so attention, that sort of thing. Yeah, so-called electability. And right. uh, there's this one lady... I. I just thought, oh, I'll check out some of these. And and uh, uh, one lady, I think they even scored her higher than Michael Benarek, and I click on her profile right on the Libertarian Party's website. Now let me read, this is from her biography. Her name is Sarah Chambers, S-A-R-A, last short, name Chambers. Right? Yeah, and okay. she's running in, in Alaska. Was. Yeah, very short. Right. This is from her biography. Quote, Sarah, this is right on the Libertarian Party's website. Quote, Sarah Chambers and her family 
own a home in the heart of the Mender, uh, Mender, uh, Mendenhall Valley, a manager of uh, nonprofit organizations, which euphemism for you know government funded. She started her company, Chambers Management, in 2003 after working as a specialist at the Alaska Department of Education and Early Development. Hmm. Sarah is a former high school English teacher and holds a Bachelor of Arts from Middle Tennessee State University. She's a bureaucrat. Then in the ne- Was. Yeah, then in the, ne- in the next program, over okay. 100, uh, over the, over 100 Junaf families subscribe to the uh, parenting listserv Sarah founded, which is now growing into a website, junoparents.com. Her husband, Mike, works for the Alaska Department of Transportation and Public Facilities. Uh, two bureaucrats. And, 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 and I'm like, wow, you know, this is the libertarian. I'm like, oh, well, I'll check out her website. And I go to her website, sarahchambers.com, and nowhere, and this is a libertarian uh, candidate now, you know, she made it on the front page, you know, pursuant to mm-hmm. the candidate tracker system, nowhere on sarahchambers.com will you find the word libertarian. Nowhere really? does she say she's endorsed by the libertarian party, yet she does give some of her endorsements. Sarah's endorsed by... International Association of Firefighters, number 4303. Mm, International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, number 1547. Uh, leaders of AFL-CIO, Operating Yikes. Engineers, number... Yeah, the union. Yes, yes, yes it's all union. Southeast Alaska Building Industry Association and Labor's Local, number 942. And uh, Yeah, this is the new fate. And, you know, as the, the, the Libertarian Party continues to morph, into to a more of a statist organization, it will draw more status into the party, and you end up with more people like Jacqueline uh, uh, Passy, yeah. who really are clueless when it comes to really understanding libertarianism. Quite frankly, I don't think, from looking at her uh, blog, she could sit there and tell you about uh, Ludwig von Mises and how inflation causes business cycles or anything well, now, like I that. Now, wait a minute. Now, I don't think in that all, you have to be a In totally... all fairness, I don't think I could have done that before I started this show, but I... I would have been considered a libertarian by anybody's. Uh, yeah, I don't think you have to know, um, you know, deep, deep economic stuff to understand libertarian principle and apply it. I th- but what I find interesting is that you're pointing out this Sarah Chambers, who I hadn't noticed at all up until you brought her up. And uh, according to the the results on the LP's results page, they uh, she was the one winner, wasn't she? Wasn't she like one of the few winners of the election? So maybe they sort of included yeah. her after the fact. Or I don't know what the deal is with her. Yeah, she she, she won uh, her race, but of course, I mean, libertarianism doesn't seem to be very big on. on Not at all. Uh, yeah, that's pretty sad. I, I that's pretty pathetic that the Libertarian Party would put her on their website as a libertarian when she doesn't even acknowledge their existence on hers. Yeah, the, the only sort of libertarian esque statement I found on her webpage was she would look into exploring cutting taxes or something Ooh, like that. She's going to explore it's like, it. Going to begin to start looking into exploring the idea of starting. Thanks for the call. Yeah, we appreciate yeah. hearing from you, no. man. 800-259-9231. I, sh- I, sh- I share his concerns. You know, the, yeah. His concern that the Libertarian Party is becoming way too watered down. And this is a constant battle that goes on within the Libertarian movement. This battle from the uh, between the Libertarian purists and the pragmatists. Those who say that we need to bring the Libertarian Party more towards the uh, Republicans and Democrats. We need to be more like the bigger parties so we can get more of their voters. And then there's people like me that say, no, 
there's a good chunk of Americans out there that don't like the major parties, that don't vote at all. We need to be uh, advertising towards those people with a really principled pro-freedom message that's going to be radically different from anything else that anybody has ever heard in their entirety, in the entire time they've been paying attention to politics, if at all. Well, we I don't to- think you're going to see much um, luck either way for the Libertarian Party um, in 49 of the states. I just don't. Yeah. I, it doesn't. I don't see what, what the Libertarian Party is going to do to get themselves elected in 49 of the 50 states. Well, well think about now, it. Think about it from from the perspective of okay, you've got a Republican and a Democrat in a race, and they're both echoing the Republican and Democrat talking points, and then you've got a neo-libertarian, as uh, Mark put it, that's just sort of spewing out points that are somewhat different from the Republicans and Democrats, but aren't really radically different. Who's going to want to pay attention to him? He's not saying anything special, anything unique, Mm -hmm. anything worth reporting on. Hour number three is on the way. You take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want. It's all free, 800-259-9231. That is 1-800-259-9231, and it's the Packet8.net toll-free line for you for all your voiceover IP needs. Packet8.net. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site, we give them away. So enjoy. Freetalklive.com. Well, we've got more Borat news here, Mark, and then we'll get into something a little more More? serious about uh, immigrants and how they're getting ready to use the Military Commissions Act on immigrants. We'll get to that. But first, from ABC News, Stephanie Serrano recently saw the movie Borat, Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. She didn't like it in the movie theater, and she didn't like it in the streets. When teenagers, inspired by the movie's offensive leading man, uh, made her a target. Quote, some guys have been more disrespectful to me, said Serrano, a 17-year-old student at New York's Fashion Institute of Technology. They go around repeating that line, very nice, how much, to some of the girls. I think it's disgraceful, she says. Call it the Borat effect. I would call it disgraceful. The top-rated comedy is making thousands of high school and college students laugh and inspiring some of them to imitate the eponymous character's offensive behavior to women and Jews. Since Borat's November 3rd release... It's only funny if you are a Jew. And he is. He is. And it's you've got to be very careful with that sort of humor. Since Borat's November 3rd release, the movie about a hapless Kazakh journalist who thinks that women have smaller brains and that Jews were behind the September 11th attacks has ruled the box office. It has raked in $68 million and it's managed to offend a cross-section of groups from the Anti-Defamation League and feminists to the Kazakh government and fraternity brothers at, a universe, at the University of South Carolina. With its coarse behavior and offensive statements, Borat has also infiltrated the youth culture, for better or worse. Though most students recognize the humor behind the hateful dialogue, some of them say they've experienced harassment inspired by the movie. Jonathan Melendez, a 17-year-old high school student from the Bronx, says that he's heard teens repeat some of the more misogynistic lines from the movies. They talk about women being um, prostitutes, he said, and I asked my friends who are Jewish if they were going to see the movie and they said their parents wouldn't let them go. 
Many teens from Georgia to California, Rhode Island to Canada have heard fellow students repeating some of the movie's more offensive lines, such as, throw the Jew down the well, and we make sexy time? As a result, some parents are outraged at the movie and are actively discouraging their children from seeing it, as though Borat is responsible for making your teenager a little bratty punk. Look, kids, especially teenage boys, are going to say offensive and stupid things. Yes, with or without the movie. With they or just without think it's Borat. funny. Okay? Exactly. It's just giving them fodder for, the, for their meanness. Because they would have been equally as mean and equally as rude if it weren't for the existence of Borat. But now we have a pop culture icon that we can blame it all on. Right. It's not our teenager's fault. It's Borat's fault. It's Sasha Baron Cohen's fault. And you know what? Maybe we should sue him for this. I mean, heck, everybody else is suing him. Why it's not throw another one sue. on the pile? Our family and friends will not watch Borat, and we'll certainly encourage other parents to boycott as well, said a concerned parent from Cobb County, Georgia, calling the movie a disgrace and an insult. She said that Borat was reversing some of the progress that her community uh, had made teaching its teens to be respectful and ethical. Wait a minute. All it took was a movie? Boy, that's some progress. I mean, if if you've been working so hard at reversing your community's um, anti-gay or anti uh Jewish, homo, anti-homosexual, whatever attitudes, and one movie comes along and reverses all of that? I, I don't really think you had much of a change to begin with, sweetie. You know, it's a comedian. Comedian. Well, comedy usually has a victim, right? Like it, it most jokes? has to. Somebody is being victimized. does have to be. Quote, my two teenagers have better things to do than watch garbage and encourage Hollywood to produce more of it, she said. Some parents have seen the movie and have discussed its humor with their teenage children. The president of the PTA at uh, Kennesaw Georgia's high school talks about Borat's offensiveness with her 15-year-old son. Although she and her husband see the humor in the movie's broad caricatures, she worries that some teenagers don't recognize the offensiveness behind some of the lines. I don't think they get it, uh, she said. Are they desensitized to it? If they see an immigrant, would they think he or she is dumb? I don't know. She doesn't think Borat will inspire as many imitators as 2002's Jackass movie. That film, which involved dangerous stunts, inspired copycat incidents that resulted in death and injury to dozens of fans. And I say good riddance to them. That's just uh, Darwinism in effect. You know, if your kid's so stupid as to jump off a building with... (laughs) uh, Jump off a building, (laughs) then they deserve what they get. Well, I'm not... uh, I I don't want to see anyone jump off a building... uh especially because it's messy down at the other end. I, I, I don't want to see that. I don't want it, – it's bad to have bad things happen. But yeah. to blame it on a movie, mm-hmm. ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And it just empowers the arguments of these people that believe that video games and movies mm-hmm. cause people to do things they wouldn't normally do. Please. Well, this woman believes that teenagers don't get it. But ABC News did take the time to interview a few teenagers about whether or not they did get it. Uh and most of the teenagers said they were aware of Borat's sarcastic nature. 18-year-old student at uh, Southern California University says people repeat the lines because they made them laugh. Yeah. Not because they're identifying with those values which are offensive or anti-Semitic, said one student who was 18. A 16-year-old high school student from Chicago saw the movie last Friday and said that some of his classmates had been repeating lines in the cafeteria more out of humor than any desire to offend. And besides, if you're offended by... it, Look... If a, a teenage boy comes up and says something to your teenage daughter about, would you like to make a sexy time? Then she should just make a note in her little black book that says, don't date Johnny. I mean, really, is this that offensive? You just All you know now is that this kid is a punk, a teenage punk, 
and I, you don't want to have anything to do with him. I That's don't even all. know if I'd go that far. I mean, you could you could say that, but I don't even know I'm if I'd go so I'm talking from the girl's perspective. I, I, if she's offended by the guy, then that's all. She just makes a note that the guy's an offensive jerk. So what? Get over it. At least he's not, you know, making derogatory comments about your breast size or yeah. something. Because apparently a lot of girls care about that sort of thing. Not sure why. Anyway, indeed, spokesman for, uh, quote, I don't think that anyone's going to change the way people are going to be acting, said the 16-year-old. They would already be doing it before they saw the movie. See? Even the kids understand. Indeed, spokesman for the Anti-Defamation League, the National Organization for Women, and the Leadership Conference on Civil Rights say they were not aware of any increase in incidents of anti-Semitism, sexual harassment, or racism inspired by Borat. And as befits teenagers, some of the copycat incidents seem less offensive than simply juvenile. Melendez, the Bronx student, says that some of his neighbors were inspired by a scene in which Borat gives a plastic bag containing feces to the hostess of a dinner party. Quote, someone on my block took a dump and put it in a bag and threw it at people. Can you believe that? Well, look, um, there have been poop-related pranks um, out there for a long, long time. In bags, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, You ever heard of the one where you set a a bag of S on on fire on somebody's doorstep? I mean, come on. This has been around for a long time. 800-259-9231. Can't believe that they would blame that on Borat. Let's go to the phones to one of our younger listeners, Francisco in New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Francisco, uh, I I realize you want to talk about something more serious, but have you seen Borat? Uh, No. A friend of mine saw it, and she said she loved it. Okay. Very good. So what's on your mind? Um, Well, today during the lunch break, I went up to one of my teachers, my math teacher, who I knew was a Republican. And he was in his room, and I started talking to him about politics. Mm Mm-hmm. Of course, you know how I like to get my teachers' perspectives on things. And I had them take the um, Advocates for Self-Government, you know, the quiz. Yes, the world's smallest political quiz, which anybody can take at politicalquiz.com. And I was just standing over him while he did. And I saw that he marked, uh, you know, about the draft, he marked disagree. And I asked him, there should be a draft? He goes, yes. Oh, boy. I said, so you would force me to go to war? He goes, yeah, well, if the country needs you, you should. If the country needs you, as though the country has a consciousness. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, the government would need me, not the country. The country's just land. Countries can't fight wars. Governments can't. Well, I disagree with him, but there was a time in my life when I wouldn't have disagreed with him. And when was this? It's been a few years, but, okay. at, you know, Republicans. Uh, Before it, you met me then? Like around then? About then. Okay. Um, Republicans sort of uh, are of the opinion that the military is this great organization. They haven't looked at it the way they look at the rest of government, which is, uh, you know, inefficient, uh, lazy bureaucrats. They think oh, that no. the army is somehow sacred. Francisco, I'll bring you back. You can tell us the rest of your story about uh, your interactions with your craft supporting math teacher. Hang on. 800-259-9231 if you want to chime in here. And maybe you are a draft proponent. Maybe you're somebody who thinks that, uh, well, involuntary servitude and slavery is a good idea, which is essentially what people who support the draft are advocating, whether they realize it or not. This is your show. You take control. It's Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site are free. That, again, is freetalklive.com. As we return to the phones and to the fun. Let's go back to Francisco in New Jersey. Francisco, you're back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Now, you've begun to tell us the story of how you went in, I guess, to have a chat with your uh, math teacher. 
because you're in high school currently, and you gave him the world's smallest political quiz that anybody can take. It's a 10-question quiz, which I think pretty accurately, considering it's only 10 questions, will um, chart you based on your political belief system. You know, are you a conservative, liberal, centrist, libertarian, or authoritarian? And you were monitoring his responses to the questions when you noticed that he um, answered the question that had to do with the draft in favor of the draft. And you were a little, I guess, surprised by this. And so continue your conversation with him. What happened? Francisco? Don't tell me we lost him. Francisco in New Jersey. Are we back with Francisco? Has he, has he left us board up? He should be there. Oh, Francisco well, going once. What I was thinking in regard going to this, twice. He can he can chime back Maybe in he'll if, be if we get him, um, is often what, what worked for me yeah. is I realized – you used to be a draft supporter. I did. I, I realized that the Constitution is the document on which the nation is founded. And I realized that if you're going to have a set of rules, you should play by them. And that a draft is a deviation from the set of rules because it forces me to, you know, we're, set, we're founded on concepts of freedom and liberty, but it, yet I'm forced to go into military mm-hmm. service. Well, the country needs you. But it's, in con- it's contrary to what the founding document right. says. Well, the other irony is that the people that support the draft, as you pointed out before, Mark, are usually um, pretty, you know, they're usually small government in a lot of other areas. They would like less taxes. They would like to get the government out of education. They see there are plenty of areas where they understand that government involvement creates problems. The irony, of course, is many of these people would consider themselves so-called conservatives, mm-hmm. right? People that are for small government. People that if you ask them, are you anti-communist? They would say, well, yes, I hate communism. Communism is atrocious. But then when you talk about the draft and they say things like, well, the country would need you, son. That is a collectivist uh, statement. Mm-hmm. The, the, the idea that the country could possibly have a set of desires or a set of needs or you know could could make decisions for itself the country somehow has this uh, i guess life to it the, the, it's the country is an individual when in fact that's not the case the the collective is never uh never has consciousness it's always a, a collective is always a, a group of individuals a community is a group of individuals and what defines the community well whoever's making the claim of what the community is. If I claim that uh, this free, this house that we're doing the show from is, is a community, then um, you and myself, my girlfriend and myself would be that community. Mm-hmm. If I claim that the neighborhood is a community, then the people within that neighborhood are the, that community. But that doesn't mean that the community can make decisions or that the community can have thoughts. Each individual has thoughts. And so I think it's awfully ironic that somebody who would normally understand that communism is a bad thing could also, on the other hand, make a statement like, well, the community needs you. The country needs you. We need to have a draft. Well, so many, crazy. Pe- so many people um, just believe that communism's bad because they've heard that communism's bad. They don't even know why. We've got him back. Francisco, uh, back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys, what's up? Sorry, the other battery ran out. Switched That's on. all right. We Nobody wants just, to hear your excuses, Francisco. We were just calling the uh, conservatives hypocrites for Actually, being... Actually, uh, on the quiz, he got conservative, so... Yeah. Well, he's a he's a conservative, and he would normally understand that communism is a bad thing. But yet, for some reason, he supports collectivism in the idea that for some reason the country can make decisions for itself, or the country would need you. Now, go ahead and continue your story about um, your conversation with him about the draft. Oh uh, well, guys, and I was talking to him, and I said, "Well, if you think there's a draft, why aren't you in Iraq right now?" He said, "Well, right now they don't need me." And I said, "Why? Aren't there thousands of people dying over there?" He said, "Yeah, but..." They don't need me. And he just kept making up excuses to why he's not over there. Hmm. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, how's he going to know when they need him? I mean, I guess when the, if the draft were to come back, they would only be taking people between 18 and 26 to start. Oh, with. yeah, he's 25. Oh, really? He's got to yeah. go. Yeah, I told him that. He said I would be the first in line. Well, there's, they need more, what's, po- what's more, he more the soldiers. First, he says he's first in line, but first in line for what? Like, to go to Iraq. When they're they drafting? When they need him. Exactly. Right. But he doesn't know when they need them. Exactly. How, how are they going to know? They're advertising right now. They're, they're putting commercials on the television to say, join the Army. They obviously don't need him that much, though. Because they haven't sent him a letter? I guess not. And if they send him a letter, would that mean that they needed him or that they just want him? Mm. So do they want recruits or do they need recruits? I guess that's the issue for him. Yeah. So I guess when they need is when they bring the draft back, but when they want is when it's a voluntary service. Well, yeah, the draft is just for other people in this guy's <laughs> mind. <laughs> Well, he's doing something important, Mark. He's educating kids. Mm. Not he's, well. <laughs> he's, he's doing something with his life. He's doing something that's supposed to be providing a product and a service. And why would he want to give that up? Indeed, why would anyone want to give up their productive lives and give up the jobs or the careers that they love and that they, you know, the life that they have to go and die, fight and possibly die for a, uh, a pointless war? Why indeed? Apparently um, it's good enough for you, but not good enough for him, huh, Francisco? Yeah, I guess so. Any other thoughts for us? Well, uh, then I got into taxes with them. Oh. And uh, we got into roads, right? Oh, of, co- of course. <laughs> that, that's what he brought up, but the roads. And uh, we were talking about income tax, and I, I proposed Mark's idea that, you know, only people who drive would, you know, would be a gas tax would drive. And then they said, but then there would be no Social Security. And I explained. <laughs> but Social Security has... Uh, and he's a conservative. Yeah, it's different. You get... You got it withdrawn from your paycheck, don't you? Yeah, Social Security has a Social Security taxes. Um, I yeah. don't understand exactly what he's saying there. Well, no, no, no. He was talking. You were talking about getting rid of all taxes all ta- except yeah. for the gas yeah. tax. Okay, yeah. fine. I would be happy to get rid of Social Security. And well, and then he started talking about how, like, if I didn't pay him, he would build a huge wall around my house so I couldn't get out. If you didn't pay gas taxes? No, like if I didn't, like if he was in the government and he owned the roads, he would build a huge wall around my house so I wouldn't be able to get out mm. and use the roads. Well, that's the problem is the government has a monopoly on roads. So therefore, um, I believe that people should, you know, people should contribute to the things they use. Unfortunately, the government's using the force of, in in some cases, I I don't know, I haven't studied this in depth. Um, It would be difficult to find this information out. But there's laws against building roads, private roads, places, and the government takes people's money without them asking. So it's kind of like the public school issue. How can he be a conservative and support Social Security? That's what I want to know. I have no idea. He he put uh, he put privatized social security. You know that question on the quiz. Mm-hmm. He put disagree. So yeah. <laughs> well, well, how how far in the conservative quadrant did he score? Uh, not that far. Just in. just above authoritarian. Yeah. All right. That's that's about what I expected. <laughs> Francisco, thanks for the call, man, and let us know uh, your further your further exploits in the high school system, the government sure, high school system. Thank you, sir. 800-259-9231. Always interesting to hear um, the stories, because I, when I was in high school, I did not know what liberty was. I didn't know what the libertarian movement was. I didn't discover that until I was 18 and had, you know, was on my way out of high school at that point, and I didn't have these opportunities. You know, I didn't have the knowledge to where I could talk to my teachers and find out these things. So, you know, I'm sort of living vicariously through our younger listeners, I guess. It's interesting. Uh, interesting, especially finding out the um, authoritarian persuasion of many of these high school teachers. 800-259-9231. These are the people that are educating your children. If you've got kids in the government high school system, 
you need to understand who you're dealing with. You're dealing with a group of people that believes in collectivist principles. Even those who consider themselves conservatives are collectivist conservatives. They're neocons. Big government freaks. 800-259-9231. And speaking of the neocons, they're getting ready to start throwing people into uh, concentration camps. We'll talk about it coming up. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves. 1-800-259-9231. That is the Packet A toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Experience the listener map. Head over to map.freetalklive.com to add yourself to it. There's over 1,700 of our listeners who have done so uh, from around the world, and you can too, at map. .freetalklive.com. And register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February 23rd to 25th, 2007. Meet libertarian superstars like John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, and many more. The most influential libertarians in America will be there. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum to get registered and learn more. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. As we go to the phones, to the fun. David in California. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, how's it going? Good. Hey, David, what's on your mind? Well, just uh, listen to your show and everything like that, and uh, just just uh, wanted to converse. Okay, here we About? are, and 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 have a conversation. Um, the, the gentleman that you had from Las Vegas that called and, mm-hmm. and talked about the fact that he didn't vote, uh, which which is wonderful. I don't vote. I stopped voting uh, back in 1992. Hmm. Um, uh, I, I think I think it's wonderful. One of I used to be a libertarian. As a matter of fact, I ran for city council in my town. Back in 1994, as a libertarian, okay. Even though they're undeclared um, um, uh, seeds, you know that uh, you, you don't declare nonpartisan. Yeah, correct. Right. Um, I I, uh, I I was a libertarian, but I I progressed away from libertarianism for the simple fact that I believe libertarians um, or the the party itself, uh, just like all the other parties. Uh, have been infiltrated, um, and that's why uh, you see these uh, libertarians don't really want to change government in the sense that they want to keep the same government that we have. Uh, I don't know. What do you mean when you say that? What do you mean? Uh, Most of the libertarians I've met want to drastically reduce the size of government. Well, okay, but there's a difference between reducing the size of government and keeping the exact same government you have. So... how would you say that you have uh, you've uh, which direction would you say you've gone in since I, you've I, not uh, been a libertarian anymore? I would say even more to the the, the conservative or or right frame, uh, if you will. I don't understand the, what that means. Uh, well, I, I I don't like Hegelian uh, um, labels myself, but what I'm referring to is the fact that uh, I'm more of a patriot type movement person now than I am. A government type person, uh, if you will. I, do, I don't uh, understand. Can you give me some? Um, can you sure, outline me, what that means? Well, for example, um, um, for when when somebody gets a, a traffic citation and, and things like that, um, I, I, I instead of arguing as to whether it's it's right to give the ticket or not, um, I'm I'm more uh, in in the idea that you should challenge 
just based on the fact that they have no jurisdiction over you. Yeah, okay, under- I understand that. Okay, very good. Yeah, and 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 that and that deals with you know, in 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 looking at your website. Um, you know, that deals with a lot of different things. You know, it it it. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily have to do with just anything. In, you know, for example, you, you said that libertarians want to reduce the size of government. Yes. Well, instead of reducing the size of government, why not simply eliminate the um, and 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 the thing that we have to eliminate what? Uh, wait, 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 you you sort of stumbled over there. What eliminate what? Uh, uh, eliminate uh, government entirely. I'm as with we you. Know it. I, I absolutely agree. That's uh, to me. It seems like that's the logical uh, conclusion of true libertarianism. The principle that libertarianism is founded on is that uh, it's inappropriate to use force to achieve political or social goals. So if you take that to its logical end, then uh, one must have to be a free marketeer. That's what I consider myself. I consider myself a, a libertarian free marketeer, somebody that believes that the marketplace can provide all of the so-called services that the government deems to provide at a, on a voluntary basis at a much lower cost. Sure, I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that. Right, what so I you'd think... be more of a, a voluntarist or a free marketeer than, uh, than anything else. Well, Anarcho-capitalist? Well... Uh, correct. Right. If you're if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna label apply things, labels, uh, indeed. Well, labels help people to understand. I mean, that's you know, if you if you no, label I, I, the, a furry animal with legs on it that runs around the house a dog, people know what you're talking about. Yeah, but, but if you except describe except that dog, except, except that except that wouldn't be uh, that wouldn't be an accurate. Uh, uh, there's all sorts of little furry animals with legs that run around the house, not just dogs. The one that goes so, wolf. Wolf. But you understand well, you, you, how how long you, it takes to get to wolf, furry animal, four legs, runs around the house, says wolf. Um, like there's a lot there too. Dog. I'd also like to jump back to something you said earlier, David. You said that the Libertarian Party's been infiltrated, and I totally agree with that. It's been infiltrated by a bunch of people that are trying to swing it back towards uh, being more like the Republicans and Democrats, and I think it's a very very sad situation. Okay, but what I'm what I'm getting at is what libertarians want to do is they want to change the government through the the polling, uh, through voting and through the uh, they want to get their guys elected. And yeah. They want to, they think they can change government by putting uh, their guys. For example, government wouldn't change one little bit if everybody that ran it was a libertarian. Government wouldn't change one because I think they I think it would. Well, if they stuck oh, to well, their principles and actually did reduce uh, drastically reduce the size of government, then I think yeah, that would well, change the government. Whether well, or not libertarians that, would stick to their principles is another question because not very many of them I'm, have ever been elected. That's the point that I'm trying to get across to you is that they, that that um, you know uh, uh, absolute power craps absolutely. The the point that I'm trying to get across is that. That libertarians want to use force against me to get their point across. Uh, in other words, um, I look at it this way: uh, most people in this country didn't vote on election day that we just had. Mm-hmm. So uh, the way I look at it is, the majority are the people that decided not to vote. And and what we have in this country is we have a country of uh, that uh, the minority controls the majority. I agree. The, uh, well, now what did you okay. prove by not voting, though? Is what I don't understand. Why not vote? Why, why, first of all, um, uh, by not voting, I, I simply say that no man has control over me. I, I'm going to, in the next 30 days, within the next 30 days, as soon as the uh, election in the state of California 
and uh, you know, for senator and, and congressman and, and mm-hmm. my state representative, as soon as all those uh, races have been finalized and 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 certified by the board of um, elections here in the state of California, I intend to send every one of those uh, people that were elected a notice, letting them uh, letting them know that no decision that they make was endorsed by me, and no, therefore no decision that they make has any power over me. You know, David, I like, I like where you're coming from philosophically, but i got to say I'm sort of torn. Like, I wish that I could go as far as you, but I don't. So my problem is it doesn't matter if only 10% of the people turn out and vote. Those 10% of the people are encouraging those bureaucrats to continue being tyrannical. And it wouldn't matter if only the bureaucrats came out to vote. They would still continue to perpetuate their system of violence on people. So I I don't really well, know what the, the answer is to get these go- to get these government people off of our backs. I'm not sure if it's politics. I'm not sure if it's some sort of di- civil disobedience or a combination of the two. But there must be some way to get this government uh, get out of our people get out of people's lives. Well, you have to look at it this way: you're an individual, you're in, and 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 the only one, the only the only uh, person uh, that the Constitution empowers to do things to protect their uh, individual liberty is the individual. In other words, groups can't, you know, I don't give a group, any group, whether it be a libertarian, Republican, Democrat, or, or Frosty the Snowman in his group, I don't give any of them the right to... Um, uh, make decisions on my on my. Well, I agree with I, well, I agree with the latter part of that. I don't agree that the Constitution gives anybody any powers. It's just a, a piece of paper that was signed by some dead guys. Well, uh, I, I I I look at it this way: the 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 Constitution, all it did was incorporate a government. Yeah, that's all that's it did. All. It created a set of rules for people that wanted to be a government, and then they imposed okay. their rules on us by violence and that's force. The, David, why uh, the, why aren't you part of the Free State Project at this point? Say that again. Why aren't you a member of the Free State Project? Because it's not a Free State Project. Interesting. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I guess he's suggesting that there's too many libertarians in the movement or something for him. Good luck over there in California, man. Yeah. Good luck. And having them not uh, enforce their laws on you. You know what? I've got a potential political solution I want to share coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, the final moments of the Tuesday edition. It's Ian here with and Mark. The toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231. You can still uh, always join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You like what we're doing, get on the Amplifier program. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. It's a voluntary option. Uh, you can experience the entire freetalklive.com website for free, all of the features you'll find on the house. So this is above and beyond all that. If you like the show, you want to help us get on more radio stations, get more Internet listeners on board, the AMP program is the way to do it. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. We take 3 bucks a month from you, uh, once you sign up, of course, and we turn it around into promotion for Free Talk Live. We buy industry advertisements, we buy Internet advertising as well, and we promote this show, thereby getting more new listeners encountering the message of freedom and liberty here six nights a week on Free Talk Live. So if that's valuable to you, then head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Great way to support the show. That again, amp.freetalklive.com. And there's some nice little perks that go with it. Oh, there are perks, uh, including uh, amplifier call-in lines, amplifier-only forum, and more. So there you go, amp.freetalklive.com. We just got off the phone with uh, David in California, and I got to say that uh, that I sympathize with him. Mm-hmm. I understand how he feels. I don't know if I totally agree with um, what he's doing, and I'm not sure if he's even doing anything. I mean, he says he's a, a That's patriot. That's what I would say. 
he says he's a patriot and everything, and uh, and he he refuses their jurisdiction and blah blah blah. But really, the judge, uh, it's not going to matter if you walk into a courtroom and tell a judge that he doesn't have jurisdiction over you. He's got jurisdiction because he has men with guns who are going to follow his every diktat. And you're going to end up in jail. And if you're just going to sit there in California and be a non-cooperative, then fine. But, I mean, I feel like you're doing absolutely nothing for the pro-liberty movement by doing nothing. And I, I haven't quite given up yet on the political system. Even though I've been pretty burned by it, I feel like there's still a chance that uh, politics can work. And, you know, if I change my mind on that, I'll certainly let you know. I actually have a plan um, to affect some politics here in the, in uh, New Hampshire. I want to run that down, but I think you are chomping at the bit to get at this. Guy. I do. I, I, well, I'm not him specifically, but um, we've talked to, on a few occasions, uh, people that are anarcho-capitalists. I mean, you know, you can use whatever term you'd like. That that one, I think, is uh, is the one I like, and it, it uh, people understand it. No, they um, don't. People don't understand that. People understand voluntarist. Voluntarist. That makes more sense no, than anarcho-capitalist. It, it hides a lot of stuff. Nobody knows what anarcho means, and very few people understand people what capitalism is. to this show And know the word capitalism is a... No, now, that's presumptuous, Mark. There are people listening to this show all across America, some of them for the very first time. So don't presume that people understand this um, lingo that you're spewing out. Okay. Anarcho-capitalist means he's an anarchist. He doesn't believe in government. Capitalist means that he believes that people should be able to um, exchange goods freely um we've talked to on this show many people like this that choose not to vote um don't get involved in the process say that it has no jurisdiction over them mm-hmm. and i gotta say and and to some extent espouse um not him specifically but um they espouse this sort of superiority to to their brethren in the liberty movement the patriot movement um because they they don't vote they don't get involved in this nonsense um you know, they believe that there should be no government. The government's immoral. And I, I've, at times I've heard you talk like it, and then I've heard you backtrack, because I, I know better that that's not what you think. You will take a little bit of liberty every time you can get a little bit of liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that's practical politics. If you choose not to vote and um, choose to abstain from all this stuff, I think all you're doing is um, waiting for the moment in which the system is going to snatch you up and grind you in its meat grinder. And yeah. B, um, by not participating in, in organizations like the Free State Project, because it's not in fact a free state project, um, you're only causing uh, you know the re- rest of America to go down this path. It is you're not really standing up. Is all you're doing is talking. Not doing. You're just making yourself feel good. I think um, I would have to say that's not, true. I can understand where he's, he's doing by sending letters. He's making himself feel good by not voting because he's rationalizing it by saying, well, if I'm not voting, I'm not endorsing the system. And true enough, he's not. That much is true. You aren't. If you aren't voting, you aren't consenting at all to anything that the government does. Agreed. And, uh, but unfortunately, it won't matter to the bureaucrats. It won't matter to the violent people, the government, that is going to impose its way on you whether or not you voted for them. They don't care. The police uh, police cruiser that pulls you over onto the side of the road for speeding or whatever or not having a tag on or whatever it is your offense is isn't going to run your uh, information and say, oh, you didn't vote. You know what? I'm sorry I bothered you today, sir. See you later. It's just not going to help you get out of anything. All it's doing is making you feel all warm and fuzzy inside because you didn't endorse the system. But then again, the system doesn't know that you endorsed it because voting isn't it, – while they take your name when you go to vote, they don't know if you actually walked out without filling out the ballot. 
They don't know if you voted. The entire voting process is uh, it's secret. Yeah. Which, of course, is one of the confusing things about the whole thing. Uh, this violent gang of thugs is elected by a bunch of people with a secret ballot. And uh, we could get into that, Lysander Spooner and everything. But nonetheless, I feel for David. And I understand yeah. where he's coming from. Oh, I get but, it, too. I just don't think it's practical. I, I don't think, think it's doing anything. I think the most important point that you can make to, uh, to one of these uh, non-cooperatives like David is that even if every voter next year decided, you know what? I agree with David. Forget this whole thing. I'm not going to endorse the system. We're all staying home. If every voter stayed home, you can guarantee that there still would be a few people that did come out and vote. Those people would be the bureaucrats who want to continue perpetuating the system that pays their paycheck. Right. And all they need is somebody to turn out and vote to legitimize their system. And And they'll continue enforcing their way on you. Many municipal uh, elections... You've got turnouts that are in the range of 5%. Those are the bureaucrats that are voting. That's right. I mean, that's it. Bureaucrats and septuagenarians. Which is part of my plan. See, here's I wanted to run this, uh, run this by um, some of the listeners. I realize we're short on time here. But I haven't given up on politics yet. I'm pretty dis- uh, dismayed. I'm pretty, um, I, you know, I, I'm pretty jaded and cynical. But I still think there's a chance, especially here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Now, the Free State Project is not a movement of people all moving to the same city. It's people all moving to New Hampshire and moving to wherever they feel like moving. I'd like to encourage more people, obviously, to move where we did, and that is Keene, because I've done a little bit of research. According to my research, 16,000 people in Keene are registered to vote. Mm -hmm. The city has 25,000 people living within city limits. Of those 16,000, municipal elections get about 3 to 5% turnout. You talk about the bureaucrats turning out. That's there you go. That's their their numbers. The right. bureaucrats say three to three to five percent. They say maximum ten percent. If there's a ten percent turnout at a municipal election, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Now that number comes to if you say ten percent, that number comes to sixteen hundred people. Five percent, eight hundred people. Sixteen. Let's presume the worst. Let's presume sixteen hundred people turn out to vote. That means the kingmakers are indeed eight hundred people because you have to get eight hundred and one people to vote for somebody in order to get them into office. All we have to do is activate the, uh, the, uh, the masses out there, the silent majority, the ones that we know are out there looking for liberty-oriented candidates to vote for. And so to that end, we're actually putting together some uh, stuff behind the scenes. We're working on running a full slate of candidates, or as many as we possibly can, considering the small amount of people that have moved in here so far, but running as many liberty-oriented candidates as we possibly can all at once in the 2007 municipal elections and sort of tying them all together as being pro-liberty individuals. And let's see what happens. You know, maybe we can turn out an extra 800 voters and completely uh, decimate the political system as, as you know it, completely change things around, get rid of the war on drugs, lower the drinking age to 18. I mean, all, there's all kinds of things that we could make a difference on. Abolish entire bureaucracies. You know, these are all things that city councils have the ability to do. But if we just sit back and say, oh, I'm not going to vote, I'm not going to do anything, <laughs> well, then it's guaranteed that the big government people are going to win. So, David, while I, I understand where you're coming from, I just don't think that um, that it's effective what you're doing. Yeah, I would all. call it ineffective is probably the best term that I could come up Let's with. Let's go to Matt in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Matt. Yeah, hi, guys. Hey. Um, that uh, previous caller and his ass-ache attitude is the least effective. That That is going against – that's helping help, – helping 
the fight for liberty out zero. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't. St- I've seen him, you know his types before, and they love to argue and argue about how things are ineffective, but they're not actually doing anything. Sure. And they they spend most more time that they energy uh, that they could be using to actually fight for liberty, uh, and just sit there and argue about uh, general concepts about how the government doesn't have authority over them instead of joining the Free State Project and taking all that energy and working to fight for liberty. Yep. Sorry, it's, it's a little crap. I'm sorry. It, it, that kind of attitude, and he kind of had a little, uh, like someone that just meant, like I'm not sure who it was, but I think it was Mark uh, you just mentioned, he, his kind of attitude was a little uh, on the snooty side. Superiority. Uh, yeah, a little superior, and that, that bugs me too. You know, I'd rather have someone who is fighting for liberty in the Libertarian Party than him. Thank you, Matthew. We appreciate hearing from you. Thank you. in here with you. And Mark. And we will join you again tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the fun stuff on the website. It is all for free. And see you then tomorrow night. freetalklive.com. 1-800-Flowers.com wants to remind you Thanksgiving is November the 23rd. Try the Harvest Glow Centerpiece from 1-800-Flowers, either as a gift or to decorate your table this Thanksgiving. The small is $49.99 and the large is just $59.99. Call, click, or come in for fresh flowers and gourmet gifts delivered same day, any day. Use code FTL to save 10% on your next order. That's FTL for a 10% savings. 1-800-Flowers.com, your florist of choice for the holidays.